Hey everyone, this is Becoming a Bible Nerd. I'm Carrie Hunt, and I'm so glad that you are joining us. I believe this ancient Eastern text was never meant to study alone, so we choose to do it in community. We will take one book a semester, one chapter a week, and really dig in to understand the context and culture that the book was written in so that we can better understand how to apply what God is saying to our lives. Our goal is to equip you and your community to fall more in love with Jesus because you have fallen in love with his word. We are a listener-supported podcast and ministry, and we thank you for your support. This season, we are going through the book of Daniel, and today is our final episode, Daniel chapter 12, the intertestamental period, part two. And we're actually going to back up a little bit and finish out chapter 11, but I do want to start off by thinking Thanking those of you that have already started giving. It's so humbling. It's so encouraging. And God is really showing me that it is an, it's going to take an army of us all together who are studying and opening up our homes and growing in our boldness to live differently in a culture that is like Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. We are living in this modern anti-Christ uh, society. And... Uh, it really is going to be strength in numbers, and we can do this. We can study God's Word. We can be strengthened by um, by God's Word. And I had one listener and a friend um, message me to ask um, me to explain more on today's podcast on how to give to Bible nerds. So we have a brand new website. It's www.becomingabiblenerd.com, and you can click in the top right corner and click on Give. And it will open up to an app that we've partnered with called Tithely. And you can give a one-time gift. You can sign up to give a monthly reoccurring gift. And at the end of the year, we will produce contribution statements and mail those or email those to you so that you can turn them in with your taxes. Again, I just want to thank those of you that have given. It is just the most humbling thing. And it is exciting to know that this ministry is... um, a team of wonderful, beautiful people that are um, using your gifts and your finances to further the gospel. And I really know because of your testimonies that when you get into the word, it transforms you, it changes you. So we are going to jump in. Last week, we stopped at verse 36. And I'm going to go ahead and read verse 36 through 39. It says, Then... The king will do as he pleases. He will exalt and magnify himself above every God and will say unheard things against the God of gods. He will be successful until the end or until the time of wrath is complete for what has been determined must take place. He will show no regard for the gods of his ancestors or for the one desired by women, nor will he regard any God but will exalt himself above them all. Instead of them, he will honor a God of fortress, a God unknown to his ancestors. He will honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and costly gifts. He will attack the mighty fortress with the help of a foreign God and will greatly honor those who acknowledge him. He will make them rulers over many people and will distribute the land at a price. Okay, this starts off with the word then. And this indicates that there is a change of time and it is shifting from Antiochus Epiphanes to the future Antichrist. 
This is hard to understand. Daniel even communicates this, and that makes me feel better <laughs> that if we're struggling, Daniel was too. Um, you, you know, we do need to know this prophecy for the end times. It is super important. The Essenes were a religious sect in Jesus's day. John the Baptist is believed to be part of this. This is, they lived a separate life because they were so pure and they did not want any of the foreign cultures seeping into their uh, belief system and their way of life. And so they resorted to living on in the outskirts, like on mountains away from the rest of society. And it was in our lifetime or in our generations, um, I guess, I think it was in the 40s, so it was not in my lifetime. I'm not that old. But um, that their scrolls were found at Qumran in Israel. And these scrolls are being studied even up to today because they had like scrolls from the prophet Isaiah, a lot of the prophets because the Essenes prophecy was everything to them. And so we're able to see our translation today and see that it wasn't, um, hasn't been altered since this is before Jesus time that these scrolls were written. The Essenes also have their own prophecies set in there and all kinds of writings from this time period that we are studying in Daniel. And they believed, this group, this religious sect of Israelites believed that it was a sin to not know prophecy. And they established the school of the prophets. And what that meant was their people would go to this school to learn prophecy. And why is prophecy so important? It was the way God was communicating with his people about things to come. It was it, the most important things that God wanted to communicate to mankind. And you know, it's kind of strange. You're thinking, well, why did he communicate it so obscurely? Well, that's because I believe, this is just Carrie's conjecture. This is my, my thinking. This is nothing that I can prove. But when Jesus gave the parables, he kind of alluded, or he did allude, he didn't kind of allude that the stories were kind of in riddles because there was an enemy out there and there were people who were not following God and it wasn't for them to know. You had to have Christ in your life to really truly understand what it meant. And I believe the same thing to be true with the, the prophecies. You had to be a follower of God and he revealed the codes in the prophecies to us. And so now we even have the Holy Spirit, which is even more to understand this. So when we go into this, the way I had to take it is let me write down what we do know, what we do understand, and then study it all, but trust that in the fullness of time, God will reveal what we need to know when we need to know it. So I just listed out what we, what we knew from reading these last um, verses in chapter 11. We know this about the Antichrist, that he will have power over all human authority, he will be the highest uh, a person, office. He will hold the highest office of the land. And this makes, you, I mean, keep an eye out for this language that you hear. I've heard presidents use this language. There's the World Economic Forum that meet together that use this language. Other big groups of people that meet internationally use this language of one world government. 
and the new world order. That is a push towards this antichrist system where there will be all of this unity across the nations and there will be one ruler. It can sound lovely with the way they package it, but all this is is ushering in the antichrist. So we all know we all have that power. He will also demand worship exalting himself higher than any God. He will blaspheme the most high, which is the creator God, our God. He will succeed for a time until God removes him. Remember that God used persecution as a tool to turn his children's hearts back to him. And that's why he will succeed. That persecution is going to be a great awakening for God's chosen chosen Israelites. And we see the picture of a gracious daddy with King Nebuchadnezzar. He lost his mind, but literally once he turned his heart towards God and repented, his entire kingdom was reestablished. God could have given him his mind back, but the kingdom could have still been lost. But God reestablished him and his kingdom. And Nebuchadnezzar was Babylonian. He was not even one of God's chosen people. So how much more do we give these good gifts to our children? The king Will this Antichrist king will abandon the religion of his past? Some people interpreted that he will be a Jew and he will abandon the religion of his forefathers. Other scholars don't see this. He could be a Gentile because they have their own gods. We don't know, but we know that he's not going to be a follower of how he was raised. He will show no regard for the God longed for by women. This was a saying in this time. Um, Really talking about the Messiah, the, the God longed for by women, Jewish women knew through prophecy that there was a coming Messiah and they longed to be the mother of this Messiah. Now, they didn't necessarily believe it was going to be the son of God, but they knew it was going to be someone mighty in wisdom like the prophet Isaiah or King David, and they wanted to be his mother. So that's what that was meaning. Some scholars believe that this is allusion towards he'll being, he might be homosexual. I say to you that we cannot put all of our eggs in one basket and think that we know exactly how it's going to be because we won't recognize it when it comes. It, we also know that he will worship the God of military might. I believe that he is going to have the greatest military that the world has ever seen. It is going to be strong. It is going to be powerful. And that is where he's going to put his focus. And he will promote and honor those who kiss up to him. Just like Antiochus taking bribes and promoting people to high priest at the time that he reigned. We will also see that there will be a king of the south. Now, if we're going to stick to the language that Daniel had already spoken, the prophet or that he had received, the king of the south will be the region of Egypt. Well, we know that the king of the south, Egypt, will stand up. And this sounds crazy right now because what power does Egypt have? But we need to be watching. He will stand up and engage him in battle, but he will have, um, the Antichrist will have a mighty army that will sweep through countries like a flood. Now, many people who study lifelong eschatology believe that this Antichrist army will be Russia from other prophecies in Ezekiel and the um, prophecies about Gog and Magog. But if we were are looking just at what we know, I am not a lifelong s scholar of eschatology, but just on what we have seen in Daniel, to me, this is speaking of the region of Syria. This was everything that we read in this chapter Prior to this, the king of the north was in that region of ancient Babylon and Syria, which is Iran and Iraq and 
that area. We know that Israel is going to get the brunt of his might, but the people in the area of Jordan, the Edomites, Moabites, Ammonites, will seem to be protected. Now, there is some talk in the New Testament that Jews will run and hide in the desert. Maybe this is the area that they go and run and hide in. We know this Antichrist will gain power over Egypt and take its treasury. And then it says that Libya and Cushites, which is modern-day Ethiopia, will be subdued. So be looking in that region for something unique to happen. Then someone, armies to the east and north, seem to intimidate him, and he ends up setting up his command center in Israel, and then his time will come. Again, once again, I struggled and fretted and was nervous over this chapter. I did not have the time that I wanted to, because this is the busiest time in life. You know, spring, you have all the things. And then at church with my job, it is so crazy busy right now. And so I didn't really have the time that I wanted to dig into this. And so it was something that I really was praying about and seeking God, considered even postponing for a week. But God reminded me once again that he spoke something that he spoke to me um, chapters before that if we get so caught up in trying to figure all of this out, we will miss it when it happens differently. Just like the Jews that had studied prophecy about the coming Messiah had a picture of a military conquering king that was coming in. And when the suffering servant came in, they missed it. And so once again, this is something that I'm encouraging you to do in your quiet time. I know that not everyone is Bible scholars, but I don't think that that is what God is requiring of us. I think he's asking us to read through the prophecies familiarize ourselves with them. Don't just read it, check the box, move on, not really know what it means, but take some time, do a little digging. Even if we don't understand, God is going to reveal what we need to know when the end time comes. Because in Revelation, it says many are going to be deceived and we do not want to be deceived and God does not want his children to be deceived. And so he's going to allow the work that we've put into Daniel to speak to us. Now, Ooh, I got off uh, off of uh, my notes, and so I'm going to uh, get back focused. Um, oh, wh- one of the things that I was laughing at is that the whole time I was studying this, all I could do is think of the song from Hamilton, the Broadway, and I'm sorry, excuse Lexi, this is me at home recording this, and she has some things to say, but in Hamilton, that one of those songs is look around, look around how lucky we are to be alive right now. And that's how I feel. This really is exciting times to be alive. God's got us. We're going to put our hope, our faith, and our trust in him. And we're going to keep going. Let's enter into chapter 12. Chapter 12, Michael enters the stage. This is the greatest, strongest, mightiest archangel there is. He is the top dog and he is Satan's true opposite. A lot of times in pagan religions, they like to say that Satan and Jesus are opposites. Absolutely. That's not, absolutely not. That is ridiculous. Um, God is the creator of the world. Jesus is his son. Satan was a created being. There's no way it's comparing apple to oranges, but Satan, it seems was probably an archangel. Michael is an archangel. And so they are true opposites. And Michael is specifically assigned to protect God's chosen people. We know that there's going to be a spiritual battle of all battles and the physical world will feel it like never before, specifically Israel. So when we're reading these last prophecies, this really has to do with Israel. The, the, the difficult times 
It's Israel is going to feel it the hardest because God is going to use this to turn their hearts and open their eyes to him. They've seen horrors throughout the ages, the exile, Antiochus, the destruction of the temple twice, the persecution from the church during the, um, the dark ages and the Holocaust. But Satan is going to crank it up like never before. And he's going after the OGs of God's promised land. But God made a covenant and will keep his promise. He will deliver his children as a nation or as a whole. There will be a great awakening and they will see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, verse four says, but you, Daniel, keep these words secret and seal the book until the end of time. Many will roam about and knowledge will increase. Now, that is from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. That's the Bible that I choose to study from. But this really is a bad translation to keep these words secret because in our modern language, that would mean to us, don't tell anyone. Don't you dare tell anyone about this. And that is not what the angel was communicating. In ancient days, people would make a copy of an official document for reference, but then they would deposit the original in a safe place. And that is really what this angel is telling him. To conceal the words actually means to preserve this revelation because of its importance. So that means don't handle this this message half-heartedly. This needs to be preserved for future generations because it is vital. Now, knowledge increasing could refer to the knowledge of the understanding of the prophecy as history unfolds. Even now today, things are being discovered in archaeology and things are unfolding in history that allows us to have even greater understanding. But it could also mean that just knowledge in the world is increasing with technology. I think it could be true for both. Daniel ends up looking up and seeing two other angels and one asked this messenger that was dressed in linen, how long until the end of these extraordinary things? The man in linen raised both his hands to heaven and swore to the eternal king that this would be for a time, times, and half a time. This was something common to raise a hand in speaking truth in this day. And so raising both hands is saying this is more than true. I don't know if there's anything more than true, but this is a, a, a stressing on how true this is. It's going to be for a time, times, and half a time, which we have studied in previous chapters that this alludes to three and a half years. Daniel heard but didn't understand, and boy, can we relate. There are so many things in here that we don't quite understand. So Daniel ends up asking, okay, what's going to be the outcome? And we learn that many will be purified, cleansed, and refined. That is Jesus's people, God's people. And this is exciting to know. But the wicked will act wickedly. And um, they won't understand, but the wise will. Then it goes on to say, from the time the daily sacrifice is abolished. Remember, this is Antiochus language. So we see that something similar is going to happen again. And the abomination of desolation is set up. Now, there is no temple there now. Some scholars believe that there is going to be a rebuilding of the temple and there will be the same type of abomination of desolation. Some people believe that the temple mount that now is standing, it has, it, the temple has been torn down, but there's a temple mount, the foundation. And right now there is a, um, it, it, a building there that looks like a mosque. It's not necessarily a mosque, but it is a Muslim building is set up right now. Some people think that is already the abomination of desolation. And then 
It could mean something else that is symbolic of what is going to happen. But we know from Daniel that there will be 1,290 days. Now, this is one of the things I got caught up on. I had no idea what it's talking about, but I am going to read to you from the Zondervan Illustrated Bible Backgrounds Commentary what it says. It says, no one has had suggested a satisfactory explanation for these two time periods. Attempts have been made to relate them to the time lapses between the different pairs of significant events during Antiochus IV's persecution of the Jews, but the evidence is too limited for this to be done with any certainty. Various calendars were used at this time. This is something that got me. It was this our calendar time? Was this the Roman calendar? Was this the Jewish calendar? And we've even found in Qumran, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Essenes had their own ancient calendar. So with all of these times and days that are given, it is hard with certainty to pinpoint this because of the various calendars that have been used. So I just wanted to share with you that I don't know what all of this means, and I'm okay with that. And I'm sorry if that I'm not saying this sassy, that sounded like, but I'm sorry if that disappointed you. There are many people who do believe that they figured it out and you can go dig in those commentaries and follow them, but I am not comfortable to explain this. I'm okay with saying, I don't know. But what I do know is that God in his right time will reveal truth to us. <coughs> Excuse me. So this chapter closes with Daniel being told, and I love this, to rest. And then rise to your destiny at the end of days. That is telling me that there is more to come in Daniel's life that is still left to come. At the end of days, he will rise to his destiny. Destiny. Wow, just can you believe that we made it through? It feels like such a long time that since we met with this 14-year-old boy that was being pulled out of his country, put in the middle of a pagan empire. He was interpreting dreams. He was discovering this new way of life in Babylon. And now he is an old man sharing with us one of the most fascinating prophecies in the Bible. What an example of a life well-lived for Christ. And what an awesome blueprint for us living in the last days. My biggest takeaway through this is there should be an urgency in our hearts to gather our friends and study God's word. Time is short. We are, according to Jesus, everybody that lived beyond his death and resurrection are living in the last days. And we are so close to that time period. People's hearts are growing cold. And we don't have to stand on a street corner with a megaphone to reach them. All we have to do is open our homes, throw some food on a table and say, hey, will you come study with me? And it's the goodness of God. It's his goodness that leads men to repentance. So our jobs, you and I, are to abide in Christ, meaning spending time with him daily. Share your stories of the good news and what God has done to transform you and invite others to take the journey with you. As we close, I want to encourage you to visit our Facebook group. You can go into the search bar and look for different studies. Off the top of my head, I know we have Matthew, we have the Gospel of John, we have Acts, we have Ephesians, we have First and Second Timothy, 
we have Esther, and we have a few more that I'm not even thinking about. We'll be working at getting these on YouTube and on the website as time goes in and we can build a team and spend more time focusing on this. And I encourage you to keep tuning in this summer. We will be taking topics each week to discuss while we wait for our next big book study that will start in the fall. I'll be choosing the book that um, my church chooses because I like to stay on task with them. And so I don't know what that is yet. As soon as I know, I will announce it, let you know. But I'm really looking forward to some of these summer topics. We're going to be talking about biblical parenting, biblical marriage. There will just be some standalone messages and so much more that we're planning out. Probably some interviews with different people so you can know about organizations in our area. But next week, I promise you that I will be talking on what your why is. And so invite some friends, um, you know, invite people to join the group, share the podcast with people. I thank you for tuning in. Thank you for going on this journey with me. And it has been a pleasure. I want you to keep studying. Don't let this be an end to your study time. Gather your friends, study one of these other books mentioned or something on your own. Reach out to me. I can help point you to some good study tools and happy reading. See you next week.